Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. Welcome to the latest episode of our show. Are you deliberately talking like that? I kind of am. Okay. I'm actually trying to like calm myself down because I'm feeling a little bit hyper. Okay. So that's why I'm talking in this voice. Okay. It's a little weird though, right? It is. It's it's unsettling. A little bit, yeah. (laughs) You don't want to hear it for an hour? I mean... Okay, I'm back to me. I'm back to... Okay, thank you. Uh, Welcome. If you have never been here... Thanks for thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, We are going to be talking about all sorts of things, but we do talk about products and we will be mentioning... Anything we mention on our show is on our website, forever35podcast.com. We also have merch. Our merch is gone through a little refresh so if you haven't yeah a little bit of a reframe um if you haven't checked out our merch or if you checked it out a while ago and it didn't really grab you but maybe you want to check it out again 
you should check it out. It's yeah. at forever35merch.com. And it's also linked to from our main website. And we love hearing from you, our we listeners. Really do. It's the truest treat of this show. And you can leave us a voicemail at 781-591-0390. Or you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. And I will say, some people feel a little overwhelmed by the voicemail experience. But you're always welcome to email us a voice memo or recording. This is true. And I have found that those end up coming out really clear. Yes, the audio. they are often much clearer. So it's almost a win-win. So yes. if you would like to also, you know, email us a voice recording, we welcome those as well. And our Facebook group is facebook.com slash group slash forever 35 podcast. The password to the group is serums. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love when you tell a friend. We love when you mention us on social media. We appreciate it all. And you can follow us on social media on Instagram at forever 35 podcast. And on Twitter at Forever35Pod. Sorry I'm so hyper today. It's quite all right. I had a cup of decaf tea. Oh, boy. But I did have a lot of coffee this morning at like okay. six. And I exercised at 7 a.m. Oh, so, so you're I like, am A little bit. Okay. I'm like, I've been up for seven hours already. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like, you know that you when you have that kind of like awake adrenaline? Yes. Do you tend to crash after that? Three o'clock or after we're done working today, I'm going to be kind of in the fetal position on the couch. Because yesterday I woke up at 4.30. And by like one, mm-hmm. I was like... I need to sleep and I couldn't. I ended up taking a nap at 6.30. At night? <laughs> yes. Oh no, a nighttime nap. For an hour. Because <gasps> I just, I could not function and Matt and I still had to record our podcast. And I was like, I need to take a nap. How was it waking up from that nap? Because I, I find when you nap and then it gets dark and then you have to wake up and your body's like, but sleep is near. Yeah. It's a real groggy experience. It wasn't experience. great. And I'll tell you, Matt um, did not think that I would actually wake up. <laughs> He was like, I guess we'll just record the podcast on Monday. And I was like, no. Wow. <laughs> We're recording it. Look at your commitment to making a podcast, yep. though. I mean, it That's is. That's me. <laughs> you, are, you are very committed. I am committed. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. Like, just hear the thought of sit, like going down for a nap at 630 at night. Yeah. Oh, you know, you do what you got to do. But it was definitely not ideal. Well, you do got to do what you got to do. Exactly. How's it going? Well, okay, here's a question for you. Yes. Do you think my skin looks good right now? Yeah, I do. Do you think it looks like better than normal or the same? Not to put you on the spot to judge my skin, but do I have a glow? Yeah, but I think you always have a glow. I recently Mm -hmm. tried a new, a product that we've mentioned that listeners had written in about. And I was like, oh yeah, I have to try that. I'll give it a go. And then, well, I tried two things. I did a mask on saturday night Mm -hmm. while watching my new obsession love is blind same and that mask tightened and made me glow Mm. and that doesn't normally happen and i was like what what was the mask okay hold on i brought it here it's five yina divine all seasons biocellulose mask wow where did you purchase this i didn't purchase it my friend gave it to me so i didn't buy it okay Um, And I was just like, well, I'll give this a go. Sure, why not? And then it was like, I looked in the mirror. It was also like nine o'clock at night and I was in pajamas watching TV on my phone. It seemed like a good mask for like going out because my skin looked tight. Mm. Like just like. But in a good way. Yes. But then, Dory, I used this yesterday, this tart knockout tingling treatment, Mm -hmm. which many listeners 
wrote into us about as a um, dupe for P50. Oh, yes. And I was like, well, I'm going to just give this a go. And then I like woke up and my, or yesterday after I did it, my skin looked so bright and smooth that I was almost like, am I, am I playing mind games with myself? So then I used it again today, which probably isn't the best idea because it's, Mm, because it's a chemical exfoliant. Yes. So, oh, whoops. It's 10, it's a 10% acid complex, a blend of salicylic and lactic acids. Oh yeah. And then I lathered my Dr. Alkytus oil on after so I'm just giving it like, I don't know, you know, when you use new skincare and you're like, am I glowing or is this just my brain wanting my face to glow? <laughs> but I swear my skin looks smoother. I mean, your skin does look really good. I, I kind of, I kind of think it is. And I don't know if it's this stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just FYI. How often are you really supposed to use that stuff? Well, I normally only use like my Pixi Glow Tonic, which yeah. is a chemical exfoliant, once a week. Right, right, Per right. the recommendation of Courtney Chisano. Yes. Facialist to the stars, stars being <laughs> us. Um, so I, I would imagine it's a once a week thing. And I grabbed, just because I was like digging around my little like bin of skincare stuff, the other two products. So a lot of people recommended this as a dupe for... Biologique Recherche P50, mm-hmm. which have you started using again? I have not. Are you over it? I'm not over it. Okay. Um, I just, I feel like I've been giving my skin a little bit of a break from chemical exfoliants, not for any like real reason. Um, I still, I'll occasionally use this Tata Harper resurfacing serum. Mm, I like that. But I do like that actually kind of reminds me of good genes. Oh, interesting. To be honest. Um, But I haven't been using a ton of them. And yeah, I mean, I like there was a time when I was using using the P50 like almost every day. When we started this podcast, you were an everyday P50 user. Yeah. And that that quickly proved to be excessive. It was too exfoliating. Yes. Um, But I don't know. Maybe I'll go back to it. I did. I did really swear by it. Yeah, like you were a diehard advocate. I was. And I did not find that it really did much. And then I purchased this other stuff by Iuna, mm-hmm. which is another kind of exfoliant. It's, it's like very vinegar smelling. I think it actually does have vinegar in it. But I didn't have, I didn't actually really see any results with that. And that's why after using this tart knockout tinkling treatment stuff. And after, Can I see it? Yeah. After one use, it is, it is a little stingy going on. Oh, it doesn't have the, all the ingredients on this. Probably just on the box. We'll have to give it a googs. Yeah. I, I don't, I was kind of like, well, hello. Hello, you. Okay. So it has a lot of AHAs. Yes. Which is why like I should probably only be using it once a week, especially yeah. considering and my you're, skin. You are slathering on sunscreen, right? Yes, I slather okay. on sunscreen every day okay, because good. when you AHA, you've yeah, got you a sunscreen. Have to sunscreen. Yes. Anyway, so that so I didn't mean to put you on the spot of like look at my face and judge it, but I was genuinely curious if I'm just imagining things or if something's happening. Um, I think you're looking great. I posed a question on our shared document. Yes, and what's fun is that you answered in the shared I document. Did. Yes. <laughs> So here's the question I posed. How do you take care of your skin and hair after really sweaty workouts? I am like talking, getting drenched. I tend to just wipe myself down with wipes and get on my way. But that feels like not enough, question mark. This is like a mini up with just us. Yeah, with me asking you questions. (laughs) 
That's true. <laughs> I mean, why not? So, Kate. Yes. As I wrote in our in our document, this was my whole conundrum when I used to work out all the time because I felt like I couldn't just give myself a quick wipe down and be on my merry way. I was like way too sweaty. My hair looked way too sweaty and greasy. And it was just like, no, I had to shower. Like I always had to shower after my workout. Now, when I stopped washing my hair every day, mm-hmm. um, I did start not always washing my hair after I worked out, but I also feel like I'm not working out as intensely as I used to. But would you give it a rinse at least and not use shampoo? Sometimes I would do that. Okay. Sometimes I would just use dry shampoo. But what do you do for the rest of your body? Just wipe it down with wipes? Yeah, you can like give yourself a quick rinse. Or just a washcloth rather. I mean, do you have access to a shower I do. It's more just, honestly, I have gotten into this really nice rhythm of not showering that much, which I feel like more than anything saves me time. Totally. So what I will often do if I'm at the gym um, and I don't want to wash my hair is I I bring a shower cap to the gym and I just like I rinse off my body and that takes two minutes. Interesting. And then you just dry shampoo your hair. Yeah. All right. That's an interesting. That's that's I think the rinsing off is what's most important because. I don't mind myself being sweaty for the rest of the day. It was more like last week I exercised very intensely. And then I think you and I were meeting or I was meeting with Mm. another person who was going to be in close proximity to my body. Mm -hmm. And I was like, they don't need to smell like my, the scent of my sweat cooling against my skin. I also think it's just nice to like, like rinse off that bacteria. Mm -hmm. That's also probably a better point. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just a quick rinse, you're just saying. Just a quick rinse. All right. It really does wonders. I won't overthink it then. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this was actually more of an issue when I was doing like more like boutique fitness classes where they might not have showers at the location and I had to be somewhere like not I wasn't able to go home, which was always an issue in New York. Oh, yeah. Like the only places that had showers were like the big gyms. Yeah, I would do like a very sweaty yoga class and then just be like, well, yeah, time to meet people for drinks. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Thanks for the. I, I just, it's just a new world for me to like be drenched from a, yes. a workout. Yes, yes, and, yes. And I'm really enjoying that aspect of it, but it's like, oh, I have to wash myself a lot more. Yeah. And how do I balance like not wanting to over shampoo my hair? Shower cap. Shower cap. Okay, yeah. I had a, I, you actually gave me one a while ago. I did. I'm so. a big fan of shower caps. Big do you, fan. Do you, you have? Do you do you like like a two. nice one? Okay, so I have I have a quote unquote fancy shower cap called the shower cap. Multiple H's. <laughs> Multiple H's. Um, it was. I feel like it was something that was like advertised on Instagram a lot, like a year or two ago, and they come in like all these like oh cool fancy patterns. Oh, those are pretty. They're very pretty. They're like $40. Oh, my gosh. And to be perfectly honest, I actually like the like $5 one I got at Miniso better than my $40 shower cap. I don't like that the shower caps don't have elastic in the front. Oh, I couldn't handle that. I don't love it. I don't like I don't love how it fits on my head, but I'm like, well, I spent so much freaking money on the shower cap. I guess I'm just going to use it. 
But I've only ever just like when I've been in a hotel room, taken the shower cap and brought it home with me and then just use that for years. I love having like a real shower cap, I will say. I think it's I I do think it's a better experience than using one of the little like thin plastic ones. Okay, I can I can get with this. Dig out the one that I gave you. I have it. I know exactly where it is. You should use it. Bright pink. Okay, I'm on it. Yeah. Thank you for your advice. You are so welcome. Um, and I too have a little conundrum. Go on. That I would like to pose to you. Okay. <laughs> on this Dory and Kate talk to each other yes. mini episode so episode. I, as you know, I love wearing an eye mask to sleep. An eye mask me oh, like the thing that goes over yes. your eyes. Okay, yes. Uh yes, a mask for your eyes. <laughs> for some reason I thought you meant like um uh like a skincare oh, eye mask. Oh yes, no. Um but I do feel like it makes me break out along my hairline, like at my temples, like where the elastic kind of hits my head. And I'm 99% sure that this is what is causing these, this, these breakouts because when I stop using the eye mask for a few days, they like stop appearing. Do you have one right now? I'm just, I do. I pick at them. Oh, okay. I'm just looking at your face, trying to see if I see it, but I don't see anything. Well, because they're kind of buried like in my hair. Okay. But they're kind of uncomfortable and I don't love it. And also, as we've discussed, when I have zits, I want to pick them. Oh, no. And I don't want to like go down that road. So I'm wondering if this is just how it is. What kind of eye mask are you wearing? I'm wearing one that someone who met us at the South by Southwest. <laughs> I know that one. They gave it to they us. They gave it to us. And it's a, it's really nice. And I wash it like it's not, I feel like it's not dirty, but, and I don't think it's because I've used other eye masks and the same thing has happened. Right. So it's just having, I think it's just that contact yeah. is for some reason causing me to break out and I'm I think it, it I think it might just be this is the way my my skin works and no eye mask is going to be is going to really work in that regard. So I'm wondering what people have if, if other people have had this issue and they've found something that works for them. I would love to hear what it is. Now are you willing to sacrifice and live the no eye mask life or do you is it really crucial to your sleep to have it's it not on? It's totally crucial. Like last night I slept without an eye mask. I mean, I will sleep I've been sleeping without an eye mask for the last few days because I don't want to break out anymore. Um, but I'll go like on and off. Like I'll, I won't sleep with it for a few days and then everything will sort of subside and then I'll go back and wear it again for a few days. And like after a few days, I'll notice the zits coming back. Wow. That's so fascinating. I don't wear an eye mask consistently, although I do really want to buy a fancy one. Mm-hmm. The Lunia brand eye mm-hmm. mask. It's very like substantial. Yeah. Which I feel like would make me break out even more. I think it would. I feel like you need something that just has the little string, but that's also what you're wearing. That, the, the actual string, I think, is what's causing the issue. Here's a question. I don't know enough about eye masks. I literally only just started using them for sleeping last year. Do they make like tinier ones? Well, what I do think they make is I think they make ones without the band that just sort of like mold to your face. I'm thinking of, and this is going to date me and also reference a horrible choice I made in my past. I'm thinking of tanning goggles. Yeah. Like something that size. Totally. Totally. Um, Which if you didn't grow up going to tanning beds in the late 90s, I will tell you, you used to get a little tiny pair of goggles that you would put over your eyes and then you'd stand in a tanning bed and it was not a good choice that I'm proud. It's not a choice I'm proud of, but I did occasionally do it. 
Dory's, so, Dory's scrolling on her phone looking at iMask. So far. No, they all look big. They all look quite big. There's a $265 what? Versace home iMask. That's the one for you. $265? Oh, that's oh my so word. funny. Now, the only thing that I'm wondering is what if I did something where it's like the 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 strap is almost thicker like i wonder if that would help maybe it's the rubbing because i think it's the rubbing yeah i think it's the rubbing of the strap and i wonder if because the strap is so small and narrow that it like rubs more and so i wonder if a thicker strap would actually be better because like the 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 um, friction would be like more distributed yeah i'm wondering what's causing like is it the is it the contact and the friction or is it just having your skin covered for nine or eight or seven or four well, hours a night? But then wouldn't you think I would be breaking out all over my face? Yes. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not breaking out on my face where the actual mask is. I'm only breaking out at the point of contact. This seems like a real Maisie Dobbs mystery. <laughs> we need the skincare detectives. Can you imagine if we wrote a cozy mystery about solving like what's causing your is it the eye mask? I don't, know. I don't know the answer to that because it's so confusing to me what causes breakouts. Right. And again, correlation might not be causation. Oh, your favorite thing to say. My favorite thing to say. I believe I have isolated the issue. Like, I believe it is an eye mask issue, but maybe it isn't. Maybe it's something else that I'm not even thinking of that just coincidentally coincides with when I wear an eye mask. I wish I had a good answer for you. It's a real mystery. Well, you could buy a bunch. You know, you could buy, I would say, buy like two or three to but rotate. that's what I did. Oh, I have a couple. This. I have a couple that I have rotated because I had the same thought, Kate. That is exactly what a detective would do first. <laughs> detective Dory and the eye mask <laughs> escapade. I wonder, I mean, my advice. Oh, also, have you changed products recently? No. You're still just squalling, biosensing yeah. it up. Mm-hmm. So it's not. And bad. again, it's not. I don't. Even, I don't put moisturizer in my hair. Like I don't right, think it's a hairline. I think it's a hair. It's a hairline thing. And I think the only thing is my eye mask. I will say, hairlines it are so fun to pick at. They are. Like there's so something fun. extra satisfying picky about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Which I know is not what you want to be no. doing. So. If any listeners have any advice or thoughts, I would love to hear them. But I also want to hear about your nail journey. Oh, okay. So I am on a nail journey because mm-hmm. I, as mentioned before, I was, I got really kind of addicted to powder yeah, dipping my really nails. You're really into powder yes. dip. Part of the reason, not only are, are my nails very short, but they're very thin, like mm-hmm. paper, paper thin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the thing I liked about powder dip as opposed to gel or regular manicures, they add like this hard layer on your nails. So for the first time in my life, my nails don't weren't feeling bendy. All that being said, the removal and the wearing of them really kind of messed up my nails mm-hmm. and they were very fragile and dry and mm. just cracking. How long were you leaving the powder dip on? Like every two or three weeks I would, get it changed mm-hmm. and then finally I, the, the one person doing my manicure was like let's give yourself give you a break and I, that was about two months ago and my nails have had a very hard time bouncing back like they haven't really been mm. growing they've been really just breaking and as i mentioned on this podcast before i have had very like low self-esteem about my fingernails mm-hmm. since i was a child this is like like the ongoing 
quest to have the nails of my dreams has been since I was seven. I'm also a nail biter, nail chewer. Like I remember doing Lee press on nails in like elementary school, right? Because I just wanted like long, deep yes, nail I'm beds with and nails. You. Yeah. I mean, your hands are great, but my nails don't grow long. Yeah, and I it's hard just being like, well, that's just what it is. Yeah, totally. I guess I could get acrylics over and over again, but that also just destroys yeah your nails. So I've kind of trying to take the path of acceptance. Mm-hmm. I'm like learning to love how my hands and my nails look, which I really is, is so like, not silly, but like, it's such a small thing, but you know, we're all insecure over the smallest things totally. that feel big to us. So what I have been doing is I, I was at Ulta with my child mm-hmm. the same time I bought those press on nails, which I did really like mm-hmm. wearing. Mm-hmm. And I bought myself, um, they had like very specific buffers and, um, what are those nail things called? Filers? Nail files? Nail files. For like very thin nails. Oh, interesting. Because often I get a nail file and it's just like, it's like yeah, sandpaper yeah, yeah. and my nail just like flies away. Yeah. No, you need a very fine nail file. Yeah. So I bought them and I've been using those to shape and buff my nails. Mm-hmm. And I've been like, I even have like ridges and dips mm-hmm. on my, in my nail bed and all this stuff. And my nails have felt, I think from the buffing, really good. Mm-hmm. And I've been shaping them in a way that feels kind of nice. And then I have gone back to taking collagen powder every day, Mm. which is no longer a choice for you as a vegetarian. Correct. But it is a choice for me as a non-vegetarian. And I have really found that that is the only thing that makes my nails start to feel hard and strong. And I I can notice it instantly. Wow. Yeah. So I've been trying to be really consistent about that. I take Vital Proteins collagen powder that I got in a big tub at my favorite store. You know the one. Mm -hmm. Costco. And that does seem to help. And like numerous people have given me mixed thoughts on collagen. Yeah, I think I haven't listened to it, but I think Jane Marie has an episode on it. Oh, and the new season um, of the dream. The new season of the dream. Yeah. I mean, it might be total BS. I don't know, but I have actually really noticed a correlation. Now, the person who was zapping my bikini line was like, don't do collagen because it makes everything grow. So it'll make your nails stronger, but like also it's going to make your pubes stronger. Stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Now, maybe I want strong pubes, Dory. I mean, I don't judge. Yeah, but I, but you know what? I also, I just, I I would like to, for my nails to be like strong so they aren't always just like, I get, they get caught on like a thread and they rip. Yeah, that's really frustrating. So... That's been my nail journey so far. And I think I have to I have to fully walk away from the like hard gels. Yeah. All that stuff. Because it ultimately, even though it looks so gorgeous in the moment and I can get all these fun extensions, it ultimately just kind of wrecks what's underneath, which is my true nail. Mm-hmm. So I need to love mm-hmm. my true nail mm-hmm. as much as I love fake nails. Yeah. love fake nails so much. Well, you know, I think you can save them for special occasions. I think you're right. Until then, I'm just going to... Doing them a couple times a year is going to be fine. Um, Definitely going to powder dip when I go on a family vacation in May. There you go. But then maybe I'll take a step back. Yeah. So that's been my journey. Anyway, thank (laughs) you for listening and hearing me out. Of course. Look, any nail experts out there, we have been called out on our lack of nail expertise individually. So if anyone wants to weigh in, you know, holler at me. Yeah. Would love to know your thoughts, but I've done like everything to strengthen my nails. Nail teeks? Oh, yes. My mom and I, like all mm-hmm. through high school, mm-hmm. I've done like horse 
the stuff that like put goes on horse you hooves. know i do kind of feel like like things that promise to thicken your hair this stuff is like for the most part it's kind of like the hand you you were dealt it's genetics it's right? genetic yeah like there's not going to be a ton you can do just like there's not a ton I can do to have like a long mane of beautiful <laughs> thick hair. Like it's just not going to happen. Oh, I do like how this is all vaguely horse related. Dory's <laughs> <laughs> long mane. Yeah, no, long you're right. mane. no, you're, you know what I mean? Yes, you're right. And I do think, you know, like the mini episode that we recently did talking about gray hair, you know, like part of there is there is a lot of self-acceptance involved. And totally. That is can be very hard. Anyway, should we take a short break? Okay. Okay, let's do it. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep, and that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass, but this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college, so this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. 
It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14-karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Beth Newell. Beth, welcome to old forever 35. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We're thrilled to have you. Um, we start every interview with a bio. So we're going to read this. And if we leave anything out, let us know. Beth Newell is the co-founder and editor of the satirical women's magazine, Reductress. She co-authored the new book, There's No Manual, An Honest and Gory Wisdom About Having a Baby with Jackie Ruiz, and the book How to Win at Feminism. And her work has been featured in The Onion, McSweeney's, and The New Yorker. She hosts the podcast, We Knows Parenting, along with her husband, Peter McNerney. And Beth was named by Rolling Stone as one of the 50 funniest people right now, and one of Time Magazine's 23 people who are changing what's funny right now. And perhaps funny, she gave birth to her daughter in the backseat of a Honda Fit. Not a large car. Not <laughs> a lot of room to really spread out no. through all your birthing angles. No, in, huh, not Beth? at all. No, but I mean, my, my doula was in the car with me and she had me on my knees facing out the back of the car, if that makes sense. And it, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> so was she on the other side, like to catch the baby? She was in the back seat with me while Peter was driving the car. So I, uh, oh, so I, he didn't I, pull over. He did pull over, but it, I, basically what happened was I, I must've been fully dilated without realizing it when we got in the car and walking out to the car must've shimmied my daughter's head much lower. And so when we were driving, I told the doula that I wanted to push. And she was, she was this, um, Austrian woman who was like, do not push. And then without trying to push, I had a contraction that just shot my daughter's head out of my body. Oh my God. So yeah. So I was like, the head is out. Uh, and then everyone just had to deal with it in the moment. <laughs> and, and she made it and you're, and you made it and Honda hooked you up with a new car. Am I right? I remember this from like Twitter years ago. Yes, a dealership in Brooklyn, a Honda dealership, gave us a free three-year lease on a car, which was great. So basically, if you're going to give birth safely and can do it in a car, do it in a Honda. <laughs> do it in a Honda. Honda's yeah, I we, we're Honda drivers I mean, like, over I here. I personally would prefer a, C a CRV. Well, the CRV is what the car we got, and it was the car I had been telling my husband we needed to get for months. You and, were uh, right. Yeah, I I think I manifested it because our car, we brought it, our car in for inspection that week and they said it was undrivable and not safe to drive. So basically we lost our car the week I gave birth and then I gave birth in my sister's Honda Fit. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh my God, Beth. That's so intense. Well, we're really, really happy to have you here. Obviously you are the right person to co-author a book that includes honest and gory wisdom about having a baby, which we will talk about. But could we kick things off by having you share a self-care practice, whatever that means to you, does not need to be anything fancy, or it could be. But how do you find ways to take care of yourself, especially as a person who is writing books, running an internet company, parenting, being cool? Yeah, um... 
My biggest self-care thing, I think, is taking salt baths. I really uh, like to just get in the bath and soak everything out of my body. Um, and I see it as kind of like a spiritual practice because uh, as dumb as it sounds, I identify as an empath and I feel like I soak up a lot of energy throughout the day. And so I get in the salt bath and I feel like it kind of takes that back out of me. Okay. So wait, take us on this journey. You is, Are you using Epsom salt? I do a mixture of Epsom salt and sea salt. And that is what my psychic recommended to me. <laughs> yes. I already like where this is going, Beth. <laughs> like sea salt, like the kind you just buy at the grocery store? It can be that. I've started ordering it in bulk online. So it's the kind I get is, I think now like dead sea salt, but the sea salt you get at the grocery store is also fine. You do a mix. Can we get the exact measurement just for I was future reference? Ask well, I do like a cup. I was or like, two is it a one to one? Yes. Like, what, and like, what are, are we talking, talking about cups? Here? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of one to one, but I, um, it's it's like a cup each. But sometimes I go overboard because I find that like the more salty it is, the better in terms of soaking <laughs> soaking the bad energy out of me. Um, <laughs> Beth, question again: Are you doing this every night? No. Okay. Um, it's sometimes I would say it's only like once a week, but I think if I'm going through a really stressful phase of my life, sometimes I'll do it. I'll feel like I need to do it like every day. Um, and I really do feel like it's one of the few things that helps outside of like exercise or getting a massage or something like that. I have a, I have a question about the logistics of very salty baths. Do you then feel like you have to like rinse with fresh water afterwards? Like, do you feel like you have a thin film of salt on you like you would when you go into the ocean? Yeah, I usually rinse off in the shower right afterwards because okay. sometimes it's very salty. That's, you know, I hadn't, I've been doing more salt baths myself, but more for sore muscles than like energetic purposes. But I should rinse off after. It didn't even dawn on me that you're right. Like I'm just sitting in salt water for, mm. I hadn't thought about that. Beth, for our audience who might not be familiar with the term empath, can you talk to us a little bit about what that means and how you experience it? Yeah. So um, being an empath, the idea is that you are more sensitive to the energy of people around you than other people. So you pick up on people's emotions um, you pick up on the energy in a room and, uh, if you're not careful with it, you are soaking up that energy and taking it on. Um, if I was a more evolved empath with better boundaries, I might not have to take as many salt baths. I think <laughs> there's a lot of protection techniques you can do. Like you can imagine a bubble around yourself when you go out into a crowded public place, um, you can, you know, do chakra cleansing meditations and different things. Um, but for me, I find that things like the bath or a tactile thing, like massage or exercise is more helpful because it's just, I, it's sometimes hard to get into the headspace of like really believing that the meditation or whatever you're doing is helping. Um, yeah. And it's just, I, it's funny because I think the term empath gets thrown around a lot in these spiritual circles by people who I don't think they always fully understand what it means. Cause it sounds like it's just like, it sounds like you're like a mind reader in a fun way when in actuality, I feel like 
I sometimes pick up on people's energy without realizing I'm picking up on it. So I'll be around someone in a bad mood and then suddenly I'm in a bad mood and it feels like the mood is about what I'm experiencing, but I'm not realizing that I just picked up somebody else's bad vibes. So it's not as fun as it sounds. It does. It sounds exhausting. I mean, the the bathing sounds fun, but the other part sounds challenging. Yeah, it's hard. And I think um, hopefully I will get better at it and not take on so much. And like, ideally... I would be kind of like witnessing other people's emotions and like being detached from them, but it's, it's very hard not to get sucked in. So let me ask you, and this is kind of a twofold question because you mentioned a psychic. Uh, I have, I don't know if I've talked about it too much on this podcast, but I have visited a couple psychics in my day and I would love to talk about like how one goes about doing that. What are the reasons behind it? What has ex- the experience like? And then how does that factor into your life when you are a person whose job it is to also poke fun at these things? Like, how do you kind of find that balance between engaging in these practices and also finding the the humor in them, if that makes sense? Yeah. Um, it's hard. I, I found my psychic back in 2010, I think her name's Gemma Deller and she operates out of Brooklyn. And I just right off the bat had like a very inspirational experience with her where she was channeling my dead brother. And it felt like she, I mean, she is just like such a funny person. Like she's a very like tough talking, no nonsense, Brooklyn biracial lesbian. So I wasn't getting like sort of like this fake empowerment vibe from her. It felt like she was channeling my brother in a sarcastic way that felt very much like the way he would communicate with me. And I just felt like she really validated things. And at that time I was feeling very lost in my career. I had been taking improv and I had a major in illustration and she told me that I was a writer and over the years, she said various things to me that just really resonate in that way where I was, you know, I was like, this really feels right um, to me. And uh, I understand the flip side of it. The, obviously, I'm, I consider myself a very skeptical person, but I do think, you know, we all kind of have to tune into our own gut and what feels right for us and where we're supposed to be in our lives and what we're supposed to do. That's beautiful. I, I, I and I I mean I I also saw a psychic to communicate with my dead mom and I you know I have many people in my life who are like that's just someone t- like scamming you but I also and which I, I don't believe but you know <laughs> psychics are a very divisive topic of conversation I have found. Yeah. And and for me it it feels evidential. I know no one else can really like believe or appreciate that but the, like the summer that I found Gemma I had a couple of different instances where I would be alone and like something would fall on my head from above, like a crumb or like, like some physical thing would fall on me in a moment where it felt like I was getting these messages that I was like, this doesn't, there's no other explanation for these things. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I think my mom communicates to me. Dory, have you ever had a dead person talk to you? No. (laughs) Do you believe, like, do you believe that that kind of communication can exist? I believe that people believe in it. (laughs) There's my skeptical friend. (laughs) No, like it's the kind of thing where I'm like, if this works for you and you, you know, you get fulfillment or calm or, 
you know, whatever out of it and it's not harming anyone, then fine. Yeah. I think if it's harming people or if, or if it's harming you. Right. Like the story in the New York Times about the man. Yes. Who was like gouged out of $600,000. Yes. Then that I have a problem with. And I do, I guess my issue with some psychics in particular is that some of them tend to prey on very vulnerable people. And so that um, is a problem for me. Yeah, I do believe that there are a lot of fakes out there and a lot of unethical psychics. And I, I've been a really avid listener of the Psychic Teachers podcast for years. And they always have a very strict set of ethical rules. Like you don't just go up to someone and start giving them a reading. You don't give someone a reading that they don't want. You, and mm-hmm. and when I first saw Gemma, she told me right off the bat, like you should not come back here for six months to a year because people get addicted to this sort of validation. And at the end of the day, we all have free will. We all have to make our own choices. Like no one can tell you exactly what to do. They're just get a conduit for some validation. That's that's what the psychic I saw said as well. And I, I that resonated with me because after I had the experience of like a psychic medium talking to my dead mom, I wanted to like go every day and see like what my mom was up to. And that was very emotionally challenging. It was it was a weird experience. It ultimately was helpful, but it was it was a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could see how someone who doesn't have as strong of a sense of self as I think Beth, you do, and Kate, you do, um, could be taken in by someone who is perhaps not as scrupulous as mm-hmm. the people you two both seem to have found. Well, Beth and I found good psychics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, Beth, you that was kind of a, a moment where you realized you wanted to be a writer. Yeah, I think it kind of you know, she she says these things to me that feel very true, but it's kind of speaking to inklings of things I've felt in the past. So it was like, I, as you know, I had done improv for a while and I never really fit in as like the performer actor type. And I just, we should clarify for our audience that you and I have known each other for many years because you and I are both performers from the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, which is improv comedy that you reference. (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, I just like, always felt like I never really found my place there. And at the time, UCB didn't have sketch teams the way they do now. There was sketch classes, but it just never, I had never like had that connection of like, oh, I want to be a comedy writer. Um, And I didn't, I didn't find that avenue. So when she said that to me, it sort of felt like it it all kind of clicked together, like everything I had been trying to do. Um, Yeah. And Let's talk about Reductress because it is one of the smartest and funniest things on the internet, period. Exclamation point. The end. (laughs) Um, For anyone who's not familiar with Reductress, can you give us just a little bit of info about what the site is and what you skewer on the site and and what your experience has been there? Sure. Sure. Um, so Reductress started as a satirical women's magazine, sort of poking fun at the tone of women's media that was always trying to uh, empower women while actually trying to sell us things um, and make us want to fix our flaws and all that. Um, but it's kind of grown into parodying not just women's media, but the female experience more broadly. And uh, we've had 
lots of writers over the years, um, you know, pitching us ideas about women's media, about their, you know, experiences with mansplaining, uh, and all the little fun intricacies of being a woman. I'm looking right on the homepage right now. This plant care tips you'll immediately abandon after anything at all happens. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. How to start drinking more water by staking your whole self worth on it, which is wow, <laughs> literally what I feel like I do every do you feel day. Personally attacked? I mean, I drink water obsessively. <laughs> Uh, the, like the the headlines and pieces on on Reductress, I mean, to me, I think the most amazing thing about the site is how unfailingly, like, there's never a dip in the brilliance of the content. It's so sharp and so funny consistently, which is kind of amazing to me. And it also speaks, like, I also feel very seen all the time. Like, for example, I hate the city. Says woman who only goes to three places. <laughs> <laughs> What's the editorial process like there? Um, it's a little bit based on my experiences when I used to intern at The Onion. So we have most of our writers work remotely and they pitch us 10 headlines at a time. And then we go through all of those on a weekly basis. And pro I would say we probably take, you know, one or two pitches out of 10, mm -hmm. um, which is how we keep the quality high. And then we have in-house writers who are pitching and helping us write up those articles. How do you, I think this is kind of something Dory and I talk about a little bit, like how do you reconcile participating in the things that you're also making fun of? Like we, you know, we talk in a very critical way about a lot of practices, but like we also participate in skincare and makeup and enjoy it. Like what, what have you, have you had to kind of find that own balance in your life? Has that ever been something you've thought of? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, what's hard about Reductress is that, you know, we're this tiny company founded by two people who never had any funding. And because there's this double standard for women, sometimes we get criticized as though we are a large media conglomerate <laughs> that is taking advantage of women, if that makes sense. Um, and it's hard because we're doing our best and we are listening to feedback and trying to do the best by our writers. And, um, with the amount of time we have, which is very limited because we're a small staff. And I think at the end of the day, sometimes I think you have to really reconcile, like, what, what am I putting into the world versus what am I, where am I failings? Because, I think you could easily choose the path, the path of least resistance, which is just to say nothing and not have a company um, and, you know, not try to help people. But I don't think the end result would be better uh, for not having tried, you know. Mm. Um, and so it, I don't know. It's a very hard position, I find, to be in the to be trying to help lift up other people's voices because you're always going to be failing everyone in some way. Um, and you kind of have to learn how to deal with that. I think that's great. That makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about your new book because you, you wrote a book, I think a book that many people who have gone through pregnancy or childbirth have wished existed, um, because it's very honest. It's upfront. You talk about things that a lot of literature does not talk about, how did that come to be and what what are you hoping 
readers take away from it? I mean, that's kind of exactly the reason we decided to write the book is um, I knew Jackie before I, I got pregnant. Um, I met her doing her podcast. And then when I got pregnant, I realized she was one of the only people I knew who was pregnant. So I reached out to her to try to get some insight on what the hell was happening to my body. <laughs> and I think we learned slowly over the course of time that we both had been taking notes on this idea for a book because we wanted to spare people what we were experiencing, which felt like we were just so in the dark as to what this experience was going to, was going to be like there, you know, there's all this information out there on all everything that could medically go wrong in your pregnancy, but there's not a lot of encouragement for everything you're doing and a lot of empathy for all the disgusting things that are happening to your body um, and all that. So we just wanted women to feel seen uh, and to feel encouraged and to understand that there's no right way to do this. And Jackie did all the illustrations in the book. And I'm like sitting here laughing at one of them because it, <laughs> you have a diagram of a, a woman who's given birth and it says circle where it hurts, a postpartum activity sheet and safe space to complain. And like that is that is something that I can really relate to. Walking hurts, hair is falling out in clumps, creaky, painful joints, C-section scar burning. Just so many things that like nobody tells you still. Right. Yeah. And that you finally <laughs> start to get that validation from people. But it's like piecemeal. Like you're like, did this happen to you? And like it, it's all those things that would have been nice to hear before they happened. Yeah. You know? What was the what was the biggest surprise for you about pregnancy? Like, what was the thing that you were like, God, why did no one tell me this? Hmm. Um, I think I just didn't. I don't think I really appreciated how much everyone would want me to like take care of their emotions about my pregnancy, if that makes sense. Like it felt mm. like. I like with um, planning the birth and making decisions about the baby. It just, it felt like everyone wanted to weigh in, in a way that was not necessarily helpful. Um, and you know, we have a section in the book that's like, don't let them visit or I forget exactly what the title is, but you know, everyone wants to come see the baby. Everyone wants to tell you what you should be doing for the baby but not a lot of that takes the form of actually helping you take care of the baby or helping you recover from birth. Yeah. It just takes the form of like them wanting your attention for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I, I luckily did not experience that with my family, but I have heard many a story of people who did. And that sounds really freaking hard. Mm -hmm. um, Beth, we get a lot of requests for parenting podcasts and you have one that you do with your husband <laughs> which are there times where you want to gently push each other? Like, uh, <laughs> how, how, what, are, what are the challenges of discussing something as hard as parenting with the person that you're doing it with? It's really hard. We've, we've gotten a lot better at it over time. Um, but we, our podcast has frequently taken the form of like couples therapy that we are living out loud for strangers um, and I think ultimately it's been really helpful because we have, you know, this crazy schedule where we're kind of usually passing the kids back and forth to each other, although that's slowly getting a little less chaotic. 
And so this had become the only time during the week where we would actually compare notes on what was happening. And so, yeah, there's been a lot of arguing and a lot of me trying to explain the female perspective on these things. But I think it's really helped us work through a lot of stuff. And I think our listeners seem to enjoy hearing that. And I think sometimes they feel seen by hearing that process. I also have a podcast with my husband and I've had the same experience. Like I've said many times, if we didn't have a podcast together, like we would never just be sitting down for an hour to an hour and a half every week, just sort of going over what's been going on in our lives. Um, And it has served as a kind of couples therapy with, I guess, our therapist being our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's weird because the audience kind of like forces you to speak somewhat respectfully to one another. And I think that's where it becomes actually productive. That's so interesting. (laughs) Although I will say that like the episodes where we kind of gotten fights have been kind of our most popular episodes because people the the response from listeners has been like wow you guys really got real in there <laughs> and that's like kind of i don't know i always feel weird when we fight on the air yeah we've had that response from listeners too but then we we also occasionally will have a response from a listener where they're like beth was too mean or like totally. i feel like Yes. Someone is like projecting their own like internalized sexism at me in a way that I'm like, Ugh, this mm-hmm. is exhausting, but it's mostly good. Yeah. Beth, can I ask a question? I'm um, just circling back to reductress. We get a lot of questions from people that are like, I have this idea, but I don't know how to get it off the ground or I don't have the confidence to do it. or I don't even know where to begin or it's already been done. Is there a, a bit of advice that you have for people who have a vision of something they want to execute creatively, um, be it professional or just a like a passion project and actually doing it because you did it like you started something and and it's now been this amazing thing with longevity and reach. What's like the the little bit of advice that you give to people? Um, I think you should sort of... I don't want to say we started small, but I think you need to start with like a manageable goal and let it snowball over time. Because if, if, if it's resonating with people, it'll pick up momentum and you'll find what's fun about it. But I don't think you can force it too much because it takes so much sustained effort over time. I mean, I'm sure you guys know doing a podcast, like it's so much work to put something out week after week after week. And so if you don't enjoy doing it, it's very obviously going to fizzle out, um, especially when you're not really making money off the bat. Yep. Yeah, totally. You can agree. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Beth, this has been, it's been so great to get to talk to you in a professional manner. Uh, Where can our listeners find you and where can they buy? There's no manual and where can they hear you? Give us the rundown. You can find me on Twitter at Beth New. You can find um, funny videos of my kids on Instagram at Beth Newell. Um, you can find There's No Manual at any bookstore. And you can listen to me on We Know's Parenting Podcast. You are everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much, Beth. Yeah, this Beth, thanks. truly a pleasure. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much for doing it. Thanks for having me. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning, 
in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting-edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. OneSkin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. So, Kate... You were just tick, tick, talking away this week. <laughs> I had to like take a freaking pause from TikTok mm -hmm. because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ticked. Wow. <laughs> I see what you did there. Did you see my fun pun? And I respect it, but I don't know that I endorse it. <laughs> That's fine. All I want is your respect. <laughs> yeah. I had to like pull back on my TikToking because I, it was starting to be like just too much. Yeah. Um, but did you learn a dance? Cause that was your, that was your intention from last week. I learned to dance and then I did it. I did it in the mirror and it was so not cool. Like I did not look, um, I didn't, I just didn't look cool. It didn't look cool. Like the teens of TikTok. but I will say I did start the forever 35. TikTok oh, yes, account. You did. Now about four people follow it. But if you're on TikTok, including me, yeah, come watch me. I did a dance while washing my face. Yeah, you did. It was very cute. So I'm gonna. Th I'm thinking like, how can I? How can I make more like kind of skin and self care related talks? Ooh, right. Like yeah. maybe I'm not gonna be dancing like Addison Ray. Okay, <laughs> but could we possibly do something else that's fun on there? I think so. I look forward to all of your ideas. Yes. So, so what are you doing this week? Okay, so this week. My intention is to nail moisturize every night. Mm -hmm. I am really enjoying using hand cream, uh -huh. which is a new thing for me. Welcome. I know it feels good <laughs> to be here. It only took me 40 years to figure out the joy of hand cream. I keep Aveeno Skin Relief 
intense moisture hand cream on by my bedside table. You can see I'm almost done with this bottle. Yeah. So I do that. And then I use 10 over 10's rose oil, cuticle oil. And I rub that all over my nails and my nail beds. Which we should say that Forever 35 Facebook group admin queen, Heather Okenka, gifted gave to this. both of us. Yeah, Heather, you're the best. This has changed my life. It's amazing. It's really great. It's so easy just to keep by your bed. It's really tiny. And also the way you apply it, it's like this cute little roller. Yeah, I so love a roller. <laughs> you do? I do. You love, I a, love roller. a roller? I do. So look, look, I have to speak my truth. What can you say? You love a roller. <laughs> so I use that. And I, I, I'm also wondering if that's making my nails feel better and feel good. I'm so sure I'm just, it is. I'm just enjoying like these little nail self-care practices that are not about having like the longest, dreamiest nails, but just kind of making them feel good. Anyway, I like this for you. How about you? You were going to get your office in a state where you could do work in it. And guess what? You did it? I did it. And when I was putting my stuff in for this week in our in our shared doc, I was typing it from my desk. Oh, good for you. In the office. Does it feel like a, a space of calm and productivity? Uh, it's getting there. It's getting there. I mean, certainly more than it was. Well, you you have a space that you can actually put your computer down and do work at. Yes. And I have my desk chair and it's like, okay, I can see where this is going. Good work, Everything's plugged in. You know what I mean? Like, it's all kind of getting set up. You've got a lamp? I have a lamp. Well, you know, it's getting there. So that's good. And then this week... of you. Thank you. Matt and I are going away together alone for the first time since Henry was born. So my attention this week is to just kind of relax, just try to enjoy myself. Reconnect. Reconnect. Recharge. Recharge. That's exciting. Are you having um, big feelings about it or are you feeling okay? Like, are you worried or or nervous about Um, leaving him or are you just like, peace out, I'm gone? I am a little, I'm a a little sad about leaving him. Um, Yeah, I feel like. I don't know. I kind of want to, like, we're going, we're leaving Thursday and we're coming back Sunday. I kind of want to come back Saturday. But I don't know if Matt does. So I'll have to figure that out. Well, I can tell you he will be okay. I know he'll be fine. Um, <clears throat> my parents are coming and it'll be great. It'll be great. And yeah. you will maybe have some, are you going to do anything like, are you going to get a massage? Or I'm going to get like a massage. That? Um and we have a dinner reservation on Thursday night, which will be nice. Then we're going to see my husband's favorite band, the Dave Matthews Band. Talk about self-care. Live in concert. <laughs> I've seen them with him once before, um, and it was very intense. DMB does a great show. DMB does a great show. Very talented. Their fans are intense. Um, but... Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a pretty like a relatively small venue, so I think that will be fun. That's great. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a great time. Well, thank you so much. Do you want to say this? Or I do you would want- love to. You do it, Dory. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by me, Dory Shafrier, and Kate Spencer, and produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and Sam Reed is our project manager, and we will talk to you all next week.